Today's episode, we're talking to one of our internal recruiters where his full-time job within our company is to just place our remote closing students with remote closing positions. I maintain relationships. I focus on interviewing reps, getting down their notes to actually send over to our clients. I list off like their niches that they're interested in, what they're looking for, get any gauge of past experience, see how their mock clause are, things like that. And he went really in depth on some of the tips and tricks on what to do, and more importantly, what not to do on your interviews. I'd say the biggest red flag is like giving very vague answers, not being able to elaborate on your experience that's why i say preparation is key lying is another huge one saying like oh yeah i've been a closer for like seven years and then i ask you like well what's your close rate 20 to 50 percent wait a minute that's a big range man and he also talks about some of his success stories through some of the rca clients that he's managing he's like my number one success story i love her to death she ended up interviewing with a company it was helping parents on how to like teach their children with adhd she wasn't the top pick on the group interview they were going to extend an offer to another candidate but she went about following up personalized email followed up up relentlessly and she got accepted into that position as a setter all that coming up in today's episode of the podcast first off dude how's the week going <laughs> going great it's going great placing reps having fun doing interviews all that fun stuff you know how it is there we go so just before we jump into the 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 regular scheduling programming of of what we talk about here is i want to add some context so up to this point we were actually talking about this before we clicked record up to this point you guys have heard from appointment setters closers that's that's the big that's the deal that we usually do here but Luke is actually uh, a part of our recruiting team that is an entirely separate like entity of the business essentially. And their sole purpose is to make sure that anybody that we work with can find an opportunity that it fits their goals, their desires, what they're looking to uh, to reach. So we're going to break all, down all that, how the infrastructure works, the internals of everything, because I think it's it's a really big part that sets, sets us apart from really anybody. So that being said, dude, we already got to like how you're doing, but so let's like go back like couple years i know i don't know your full story that's why we're here so how did you get started into the whole like remote closing space setting high ticket industry wow man you're taking me way back here i feel like i'm old you're like i'm aging a little bit but um no i've been in the space now going on for about four to five years you know i feel a little bit old like i said i got started in this space i like found an instagram ad i believe and like i got hit with like this youtube video and i was working at chipotle and i just like actually watched the full length ad i didn't click skip and then I bought uh, a course from like a, a different company, like way back in the day. And then that's just kickstarted my journey of like actually like walking out on like my job at Chipotle and then starting off in the high ticket space like a month and a half later. And um, yeah, man, that's kind of how I got my start. And I got started with like a really great company right off the bat too. It was awesome. Nice. So what was that? What was that? Just for context, so what was that course about? Like what? What did you buy into? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had bought into this one. Like it was like a very elementary, like ninety nine dollar like course i just kind of like taught the basics of sales i got into like a facebook group with other people to network in things along those lines um it was a great course you know like don't get me wrong um i actually ended up working for that company in like my first like real opportunity and from there like that kind of started me off in this whole like sales journey that i like am now in recruiting with too uh with doing recruiting for you know sales reps and yeah that's really like kind of like just the basics like it's we we're taking back like wow i haven't thought about it sometime but it's been like a crazy journey especially at that start man yeah um, so yeah. yeah so you went from you so you went from chipotle and then just going directly into like uh like a high ticket sales position where you set her closer like what what did that look like oh yeah yeah so uh let's give some context on that too so i like had i basically had an opportunity my first opportunity actually wasn't with a great company let's actually backtrack there so I worked with this one company that was like very elementary and startup. Like there was this dude in the Air Force I was running it and like wasn't really in it part time as like a business owner for like a marketing team with like e-commerce and things along those lines. And I was a closer for them. 
I would take like maybe five sales calls a week. They were just looking for someone that very new, kind of like starting off, like very green opportunity. And I, you know, after some time, I uh, was kind of like, it was about like the three week mark, four week mark. And I was like, eh, like, I ended up talking to them. There's like another business owner that was also trying to like get me to his team that they were working with. It was just some weird stuff. So I ended up like just leaving due to like those ethical reasons. And then I got in with Traffic and Funnels, which was a, another like huge company, like way back in the day in the space that was like, like Traffic and Funnels sales mentor. And then I started off as an appointment setter for them and like my first like real opportunity. And then that was great. Um, I ended up making like 3,300 in my first two weeks, which was like the most I've ever seen <laughs> at that time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like 19 and I had that money and I was like, whoa, like this is, I just had to talk to people for a living. This is so easy. You know, like I had 15 minute conversations, made sure people showed up and that closers just kind of went to town, you know? So yeah, that's how I got like my start, man. It was like selling mentorship programs. Some of that we're doing in like RCA right now. And uh, yeah, that leads me here with like this phenomenal team of like these absolute savages that we're working with now. Yeah. Yeah. The, the reason for these like more, I mean, I don't want to call it elementary questions, but like kind of like the beginning of your journey is uh, keeping in mind that a lot of people that listen to this are people that are like, they don't even know what remote closing is and they're like just getting started or, you know, they're, they're trying to get placed. So that's why, you know, I'm sticking a lot on those on that note. Um, do you, can you like think of any like major like learning lessons or things that you learned in like those first couple of companies that you would like tell your, your, uh, you know, your future self be like, Hey, don't make these mistakes or things like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, there was like two stages in my career where I think I learned the most. The number one, like being that start that first month and a half where I didn't have a commission check coming in. I just walked out of my job with like a blind sense of faith out there. And I was like, I'm going to find an opportunity, you know, like I think that like that first stage of my career. And then I hit a career down. So that we can kind of like touch on too. Like when I was like halfway through about like two years into the game, so to say, but like that first I would say like a first month and a half before I found traffic and funnels and like that team and I'd worked that e-commerce opportunity. I think the biggest learning lessons there that I like I actually showed up really well. Uh, I networked with people. I got into like the good Facebook groups. I started posting like value content where it's like, hey, like if you're interviewing, like, you know, be sure to ask questions things along those lines. I would say to anyone that's starting off in the space, especially make sure that you're asking like pretty high level questions to businesses to get an understanding of like where they're at. You know, cause like the company I went from where I was like that closer and like very green, very entry level, they didn't have the right systems and processes in play to be like successful long-term. However, the next company on the list, Draft and Funnels, like I mentioned, they had a sales team of like 15 setters, 10 closers, two companies. Like there was the B2B end, there was the B2C end, like different caliber of opportunity night and day, you know? And I was able to like ask the right questions in that interview process to understand like, what am I walking into? You know, cause you gotta know what you're walking into with an opportunity. You gotta make sure like, Hey, like this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm walking into all that fun stuff. I would recommend like before you interview with companies, probably know what you're looking for out of the space, you know, cause some companies are different they have different requirements and so on those lines, part-time opportunities versus full-time. Um, but I would say like the biggest learning lesson for me was like just coming prepared and getting out there and getting to know people. I did it really well. But I probably could have done it even better. Uh, and if I would have done it even better, it could have set me up for like maybe even more success. You know, when I was like that early on in my career and getting in with those companies and growing my career, like from like basically nothing to something with like where we're at now. And it's great. You know, like I would just say like networking, meeting people, don't be afraid to like, you know, just hit someone on Facebook and just make them smile. I think networking is just one of those key things when you're starting out. That way you can get to know other people. You can pick their perspectives in the space. And usually people in this space, they're very friendly. 
You know, if you make them smile, you can have like long lasting relationships. I still got guys in my Facebook inbox from like four years ago. Uh, and they're amazing, man. Like there's some great people in this space. So I just say like networking is like that big key thing. And that, especially like that early on in like your career when you're just getting into it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to the, you know, the, the age old saying of like, it's not what you know, but who, you know, and I, I think it's, it's super true, right? Like so many people that I've had on this podcast, when we're talking about like, how did you get your opportunity? It's like, well, I talked to this guy that introduced me to this person and I created a relationship with that person. And then they knew of an offer that was looking for a closer and Hey, I'm a closer. Right. And, and a lot of times those opportunities don't, they, they just don't exist unless you like put yourself out there. And like you said, make people smile, have just genuine human interactions with other people. And that's, that's where some of the best ones come, you know? Absolutely, man. If you can just like, if you can maintain relationships, that's always something. Cause like, you don't need to blow up someone like every day too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like that's not how you maintain a relationship, but like having like a good amount of healthy space. Uh, cause like at the end of the day, like we're all focused on like getting after it, making money, having fun in the space and like doing well in sales. And then, um, touching point on like the second, like when I had a career downslope, cause I had basically, I was living with my parents at the time. Uh, and I was working at TNF and I was doing well, I was making good money, but I wanted to move back out to Seattle and their requirement was like, Hey, you got to move to Nashville. And it's like, I didn't want to do that after a certain point, you know, like Seattle was like my big home base. It's where like, you know, I have all my friends, it's beautiful scenery, middle of Iowa <laughs> doesn't really have much, you know, it's just corn and cows. Um, so I had moved out to Seattle. I had quit with that company. I had a, another offer on the table with like a different company with marketing where I messed up there is that I had banked on that opportunity and I'd put all my chips in one basket before having like a finalized contract and like a start date. Yeah. If I would have played it smart, I would have like probably been in that position for at least a month, two months to like earn some income, be able to actually get familiar with their sales cycle, do well before moving out. Uh, to Seattle because like once again like my expenses basically tripled overnight and I didn't do that like I was just in the interview process you know like there wasn't a contract on the table I'd start like driving out to Seattle once I get past the mountain ranges in Montana um it started snowing and I almost crashed and so I took that as a sign like I gotta just go to Seattle by the time I had passed those mountain ranges I had gotten a text like hey like we're actually not gonna move forward with you so I was sleeping on my friend's floor for about a good two months just Damn. setting appointments and dialing uh, with like two different companies <laughs> and took this career downslope to eventually getting into my next opportunity with a really great company with over the seventh level. And, uh, you know, like that team, I learned so much from man, so much great team for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think something, uh, I think a lot of people could take away from just that conversation or you just, just your, your whole experience is like, you've, you've kind of jumped into to different opportunities and and from what it sounds like you've learned something from every single one of those so cool. i think a a big like hesitation for some people is like well what if my like what if this offer doesn't work or what if like i have to leave or whatever and it's like you can't really look at it that way you got to look at it more as like these are just like they're different opportunities each one is you're going to use as like a stepping stone you're going to learn different things from each one and ultimately you know you land upon the one that you stay at a little bit more long-term. Right. And, you know, I think for both of us, it's like, I, I don't think I would ever want to leave yeah. this company. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know, what does it look like 10, 15 years down the road? It's like, you can learn so much from this or from any opportunity to then bring on to your next, uh, your next adventure, you know, hundred percent. you can even like, and I always recommend them like the interview process, I think is going to set the pace like for any opportunity. 
that's why I recommend when I'm walking through next steps with reps and I'm like, you know, doing these interviews and I'm like connecting with people in RCA and like in our network, it's like, gotta ask questions. Gotta know what you're walking into, you know? Cause like if you can, the first 30 days I see with an opportunity is typically what's going to dictate the pace for like the next like three months with the opportunity. And then a three month mark, that third month, that's what's going to dictate the pace for like the six months with the opportunity. Then the six months to the year and then the year to the two years, all that. Um, that's how I like to look at it. And you can really flush out like if you're getting into the right opportunity or not through the questions that you ask in interviews. And I think that's really important. And also where you're hunting for opportunities too. Because, you know, like there's opportunities on Facebook. Some of them are phenomenal. You know, I've gotten some of my best opportunities from Facebook, the relationships I have there, because it's a very social platform. There's a lot of high ticket groups, but you got to be able to ask like, you know, the companies with the right questions like, hey, what are closers on the team? Are they making money? Okay, well, like if there's no other closure, you're the first one. Well, like, do you have marketing systems in place? Oh, wait, you do. That's great. That's a green flag. They're increasing marketing spend. They have a proven offer. It's been in business for this amount of time. Okay, like I can move forward with that, but they don't have a sales team that offers really only been alive for three months. And it's like, mm. yeah, you yeah. know, you could be walking into a possible risk. So it's like you can kind of assess that through the interview process to know if you are walking into the right opportunity. Because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think you can learn more from getting into the right opportunity rather than getting into the wrong opportunity you know um because like when i worked at traffic and funnels i learned how to work those guys work man i would wake up at four in the morning hit the gym i would come back i'd dial from like 8 a.m to the sales meeting then i would work from like after the sales meeting to like midnight not midnight but like 8 p.m you know and then i would just go hit the hay because like i was once again young young male in society i'm just gonna focus on my work focus on my money and then when i went to sales sniper it's like okay well like how can i like communicate professionally how can I grow in these aspects then with closers I've learned so many lessons it's even hard to pinpoint one you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. same like I can yeah. you know I, I could probably talk for four hours just on like the the things that I've learned from Cole and the team and just everyone on here so um I, I think I do want to uh, circle back um here more towards the end about like the interviewing and questions to ask because I think we can get really tangible on that stuff but um let's let's take it from you know if we go back in the story is so you you leave the one opportunity um i guess what what how did you get out of sleeping on the on the the couch and into uh into working with the closer yeah so i had a i had a good friend in the space who was also a recruiter at the time too he's no longer in recruiting he's a sales director phenomenal guy i won't name names that way no one blows him up you know but um i i had him give me just some really good advice because i was kind of spinning my wheels with two opportunities that like were just there and like one was like Australian based another one was like US based so I was working like 12 hours a day and just trying to like you know make ends meet and do well and like both companies really didn't have any systems but I was just so headstrong on making this work because I'm a stubborn Norwegian man you know that's my thing um I come from a Norwegian household we're stubborn we're stubborn Scandinavians um and he just like I got him on a call this friend of mine and he's like dude like you should just look to get money in your pocket right now because like you're sleeping on your friend's floor you're just on the cusp of getting an apartment, you know, like you, you could do really well with the two opportunities. However, like I would personally recommend you to other companies that I know are going to hire within the next month or two and you can get into a stable company. And I was like, okay, so like, what should I do now? And he gave me a good piece of advice where it was like, I think like Mark Cuban said that if he had, went broke, like the very, like tomorrow, he would start off as a bartender at night and work sales in the morning and like a commission only sales role. And he told me that. And I was like, okay, sweet. So what, what can I look for out there? He's like, well, probably leave the two opportunities because both of them, you got them off Facebook and like you didn't do your vetting, <laughs> you know? So that was a, that was a big thing that I messed up there. Um, so I ended up working at Mattress Firm 
And like, I, I won't lie, man, like mattress firm, I don't know what they do. The commission structure is crazy. Uh, you can make good money. You can make like five, I made like five K in my first month over there. And I just talked to people <laughs> about their like mattresses. Shut like, it down. What? Go sell mattresses. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you're down bad, just go to a mattress firm. They're always hiring. Like no joke. I kid you not phenomenal like they'll pay you hourly and then like if you pass a certain point in commission they'll pay you the commission it's it's a crazy company so i was with them for about like about three months in this time and i was making good money um but i know like long term i wanted to be in this space because i'm just so passionate about it like i put so much time i put so much effort like i was sleeping on my friend's floor like all these things like really amounted and then i just waited for the right opportunity for myself i got clear on that i journaled about it i knew what i was looking for out there I wanted to be able to do certain things in my life. I couldn't do that at Mattress Firm, you know? So when I was looking at new opportunities, uh, I really made sure to do my due diligence and like, what are the top companies I want to go for? That top company was like a pretty big one in the space. I was like, man, seventh level communication sales sniper, you know, good training, good sales team, real savages. I want to get in with that team. I got presented an offer from them to be like a DM setter. And I was like, yes. And I remember in my interview, like, because I was still working at Mattress Firm in Seattle and I finally had got my own apartment. Um, they had asked me, like, you know, like, I know, like, like DM setters don't make them much. Like, you know, like at that time in their career journey and all that, um, DM setters don't make much. Like, what's your expenses right now? And I, I straight up told them on the interview, it's like, in two weeks, I will be back at home with my mom uh, in Iowa. <laughs> like, I will, I will drop everything to, like, cut expenses and make this work. I told that to them. They offered me the very next day. Within two weeks, I was driving halfway across the country, set up in my mom's basement, just doing DM setting and then getting to triage calls. Ended up closing my first couple deals. And I was like, then I hit that groove. Nice. Um, it was great, man. It was great. Um, but yeah, dude, like that, like, it, like that was just a key piece for me in my career. I needed to take a step back to be like, okay, like let's see, let's see things logically. And some people get so headstrong that like, and like if anyone's going to get headstrong it's me man i do powerlifting and do jiu-jitsu when i'm committed to something i'm committed to something you know um so like i was just so headstrong that i couldn't see like you know things weren't working and we're doing the definition of insanity so let's actually like recalculate regroup and then come up with a different game plan for what we actually want because we're not doing we're really not making progress with like working two jobs and 12 hours a day and all that fun stuff you know yeah yeah and i think um, it it takes that um you know, I think a lot of people would have looked at, like, had like ego in that position and been like, oh, like I'm going to like go through this and I'm going to like, you know, make it work in, you know, in, in your example, Seattle, but you're kind of just like, like you said, it's just like drop the ego, understand, like I need to survive. I need to take this, this, and this step. And, you know, hindsight is 2020 and it looks like, you know, everything kind of culminated into obviously a part of the journey where we are today you know absolutely and people just like i think if people just kind of game plan with what they're looking for out there it will serve them tremendously more because then they have a roadmap you know if you can create a roadmap a game plan like yo like sometimes people shouldn't start full-time with positions i'm a firm believer in that sometimes it's just like if you're gonna interview with a company and they're requiring full-time but like you got all these things going on right now in life and you can't commit full-time that's okay Sometimes in the pipeline, like I have those conversations with people. And it's like, hey, I'm really looking for a part-time job. And I'm like, yeah, no worries. Um, here are some resources here. Here's how we can game plan that. Connect with your coach because everyone in RCA has their own personal coach where they can get that one-on-one -on -one attention to be able to build that game plan, you know? And 
sometimes like just life circumstances happen and you got to be able to take that step back and realize like, yo, I'm down bad right now, man. <laughs> you know, you guys got to sit back and just be like, you know, like sit on the beach, whatever you got to do and just be like, okay, like, what do I want? How can I actually change this? Because at the end of the day, like you have control of those things, like your life, your trajectory, what you're going to do. Um, you have control over like how you're going to go about that. Um, sometimes there's life circumstances though, that you don't have control over. So you just got to work around it a little bit. And that's what I just ran into as stubborn as I was. Yeah. Cool. So what was the transition from that and then into, um, you know, transitioning off that offer and then working with, uh, with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had, um, so I transitioned from sniper over here, actually on like pretty good terms as well. Like I've sent them like a few reps, um, and they're, they're a great company. Like, don't get me wrong, great company. I love what they do. They do some interesting stuff. Um, but I just wanted to like kind of achieve like new career roles for myself as well too. So when I came over here, funny enough, a close friend of mine also referred me over here. Um, and I interviewed with like, I believe one of our former recruiting coordinators, someone that's in my position currently. Um, they were on the team, like they're off doing teaching now. They're really happy with life. You know, they're doing great. They just want different things. Um, but I'd interviewed with her and she was like, Hey, like, you know, I think you could be like an internal setter for us. And I was like, I would love that. You know, <laughs> I would absolutely love that. Yeah. Uh, so I interviewed for it and funny enough, our set, the setting manager with RCA, uh, he had DM'd me like two years before this. It was like two years or a year before this. And he was like trying to like get me into RCA as well too. And yeah. he was like, you know, going back and forth with me on DMs about it. And so, uh, I hop on the group interview for the, you know, RCA setting position and I had recognized the face. I was like, wait a minute, I got a Facebook connect with this guy. So like we go through the interview and then after the interview, I just sent up a nice message like, Hey man, it's great to see you like achieving career goals and really growing over there with Cole's team. And then like right after that, I got put in a group chat with the head of internal hiring and then Matei. And then they were like, yo, you're going straight to a one-on-one -on -one interview, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Before yeah, we move forward, I, I just want to like, you know, full circle that back. It's like, yeah, just from you connecting with people over the years, like it's from what it sounds like every single one of the opportunities that you've been able to, uh, land have been from like, you knowing somebody or somebody knowing you or having a mutual connection and like you kind of bringing that up. And it's like, you know, I think a lot of people just like beat their head against the wall and they're like, I've sent out like 500 DMS and I've sent the same script over and over. And it's like, but like how many personal connections have you made? Like how many like actual relationships have you built? And I think you know, with you, it's like, I feel like some people listening to this and be like, this guy's like landing all the gigs. Like what's going on? <laughs> yeah. It's like working for a three cat, like three industry kings, so to say. But, um, no, like I would even say to that, cause I can even touch on like personalized follow-up tips at the end of sure, yeah. like the, uh, the, with my first position that I landed, the one that was in Nashville, like with that consultancy, um, it's funny enough, like I had provided value. So like all my positions post that were mainly from the relationships I build in the industry, but you got to be able to provide value sometimes. And in that group, cause once again, like I bought a training course and there was a Facebook group with a lot of people. Sometimes the people in the group, they don't have the best intentions. They want to sell you their own services, things along those lines, their own sales training. And there was this like huge agency that was like trying to poach people, get them to pay for like some really like shady stuff. And I had brought it to the attention of the admins and I actually direct emailed them and they had me actually hop on an interview <laughs> with like their head of like client success about the whole thing. And I actually kind of like brought some good educational points around like, Hey, like, you know, look out for people that reach out with these types of opportunities because 
they may try to pitch you into a course and they may say like, Hey, this is job interview, but really we're going to sell you into the sales training program. And there's like this MLM kind of thing going on. Um, and I'd done an interview with them about that. And then like the very next day, like they, their head of internal hiring actually reached out to me after I did that interview. So also providing value is another great way to like foster those relationships too. There's tons of tactics you can use out there, so to say, but you want to, I, I shouldn't use that word tactics. You want to like actually have relationships and provide value. You know, mm-hmm. you want to be personal. You want to be a human with these people. Cause we're in the people business, man. You got to be a person. Send a meme every once in a while. Don't be afraid to crack a smile, you know? Yeah. And I think even more, more important than that too is, you know, if we're looking at, let's say, you know, two or three years ago in this whole like remote closing appointment setting space is I think you probably could get a, you could get away with, you know, just sending a couple DMs and you'll be good. But now because there just is, I mean, as, as there's more and more people that know about it, there is just more competition. There's some pretty savage closers and setters out there. So, you know, being able to, as cliche as it is, right, differentiate yourself from what other people are doing. And if that differentiation literally is just like a video message or a voice message or mentioning something on their profile or, you know, just whatever it is, just going that, that little extra step to, 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 yeah, to differentiate yourself from, uh, from everyone else. And there are some savage setters and closers out there. There's some guys I interview where they got like so much experience. I'm like, like what? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. Even like former RCA students, I went through RCA like back in 2021. I've gotten them up for update calls to bring them up to speed with like how the pipeline works. And they each tell me like, yo, the changes you guys have made are crazy. And I just look at them straight in the face. I'm like, dude, the changes you made from your first profile to the one I'm about to update and send to clients is also crazy. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, yeah so- dude, there's a lot out there. So what was that transition? Um, so you, you jump on, you're on the team, you're a DM setter now for, uh, actually funnily enough in, uh, Cole and my, uh, DMS on Instagram. So what was that process like? And, and what were some, like, you know, some learning lessons in, in that, uh, that yeah. space? So when I originally hopped in, yeah, I was at DM setting position. Matei had offered it to me on my birthday and I was like, man, let's go. And I was like, can I book closers that I owe my background on Facebook? He's like, not yet. <laughs> but, um, uh, no, he, so I started off in DM setting and, you know, I was on there for maybe like two weeks. I wasn't on there long. And then they were just like, Hey, let's get you on calls, which like low key, I was like very thankful for. Cause like, I just, I do not operate well in DMs. I just don't like it that much. Um, so I did start doing calls. I go through like about a month and a half of doing calls on the team for setting. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the conversations I had. I started hitting like this flow. I got like five closes. I had like a like this insane like close rate one a week where I put up like 15 sets, but I had like five closes. And like a lot of my people were showing up and I was like, well, I'm like hitting my groove right now. It's going to be a good month. And, but in the back of my mind, like there was a recruiting position that opened up and it was like for a pipeline manager and our current head of recruitment, our former head of recruitment was like really a cool person. The recruiting team was kind of something I didn't want to get into. I was like, man, like this looks like kind of like a good segue for me personally Cause like I had done sales for like a good amount of time with like these past opportunities. I was like, okay, well like, what am I looking for now? And I kind of felt like I would be more fulfilled in that type of role. Cause as a pipeline manager, I was like fostering relationships. I was connecting with reps. I was making sure to hear them out. I was making sure that they were like prepared for interviews with clients, things along those lines. It was a great position. You know, I just like called people like all day and I would just like book interviews for like update calls with people. And then on top of that, I would also oversee like RCA people that were having problems where I'd connect with them and be like, Hey, like here's some further coaching around like your interview stuff. Just want to make sure you got this before your group interview tomorrow. Um, it was a great position. 
And so that caught my eye. And then I had a conversation with Matei and I was like, man, this is really hard, but I feel like I would do really good in this. And he's like, dude, go for it. You know, he encouraged me to do it. And uh, Jacob Combs did as well. Cause it was like, keep in mind, man, like I was in the space for like four years. It was like a wrap. I was like, man, like, you know, this feels like a parting of the passing of the torch, parting ways. Like, I don't know what it was, but it was just like, man, this is crazy. This is a career shift. I'm, I'm glad I took it. And then at the first of the year, we ended up getting rid of the pipeline manager position. I moved into a recruiting coordinating position where I was just taking interviews and it was, I didn't start off the best, you know, like I had a lot to learn. I had a lot to grow up on too. Don't get me wrong. Um, but then like I had this massive growth, like after I put together like a plan with my direct manager on like how to improve like certain things about my performance. And then after going through that, you know, that was just been night day and I'm kind of like the guy that holds down everything on my end of things. Hey, what's going on, Aaron? Just popping in to the episode really quickly. So at this point, you've already listened half of this episode. So I'm assuming that you're at least somewhat interested in remote closing and how you can learn a little bit more about it. So I put together a free training. You can go ahead and click the link down in the description or in the show notes if you're listening on the podcast. Click that link. Don't go watch it yet because we still have another half of the episode here of the success story of RCA. And just open it up and just so you don't forget that you can go check out that video. It's going to go over not only what remote closing is, but also the four-step process of what I would do if I was starting from scratch, starting over to still see a success online using remote closing. So that being said, let's jump back into the episode. Click the link down to the below. We'll see you on the other side. That's such a cool story to hear. And you know, one one thing I just want people to take away from this too, because we were talking about it um, before we started recording, is you know when we look at this high ticket space, there's just there's just so much more opportunity in these companies than setters and closers, right? And you know, don't get me wrong, like setters and closers, like you know, you're commission based, you have like an uncapped you know uh, income potential to an extent. Um, but with that comes a lot of stress, right? There's a lot of like, you got to hit projection and, you know, obviously with other positions, you also have to hit projections and you, you know, hit numbers and things like that. But I, I just want to open people's minds that there's just so much more than that. Right. So I think on our company meeting earlier today, there was like 112 people, I think is what it capped at. I'd say only about 12 of those, maybe, maybe 15 are in the sales department, like setters and closers. So we're looking at a hundred other opportunities and full-time positions in these, uh, you know, in these companies. And that's like, we're just one company out of the hundreds, if not thousands of companies. So again, if you're listening to this, like if you start as a setter or a closer, if, and here's the caveat, if you're good at what you do, more importantly, if you're a culture fit, if you, you know, put down your head and work and show that like you are like, you want to be a part of that company, you're not just going to get let go. You're going to be there. Like the people that are like, looking over you supervisor or whatever is like, Hey, where else can we put you within the company? Right. Where do you fit? Especially if you, if you are a culture fit. So want people to take that away. Um, mm -hmm. if you could, cause I, I have a lot of questions on just like the recruiting side and yeah, breaking it down. Absolutely. Um, could you maybe like paint a picture of like what the whole recruiting side looks like? So I know there's AMs conversation between the AMs and Rams. There's people higher up, like to be honest, this is more for my own education too, but just like kind of like a, a visual, uh, try to paint that picture for us. All you need to know is that we bring the energy on every company meeting. That's all you need to know. Um, <laughs> that's what we specialize in. So let's look at it like this. At our heart, we're a business consultancy. All right, we help businesses scale. We get the right people in place for that as well too, which we'll dive in on. But we also teach the basics like, hey, how to support a sales rep, marketing solutions, simplistic sales processes to actually scale because simplicity scales at the end of the day. So with that, 
you know, there's the account managers that walk through that client journey, similar to how like client success managers walk through that journey with RCA students, except for businesses is what the account managers do. Now, when someone, when a business is like, they pass like certain requirements to be able to recruit from us, that's when they'll have like a recruiting prep call with a recruiting account manager where they're just specialized in finding the right talent, getting them hooked up with someone that's going to like be there long-term, really envision the company values, things along those lines, and making sure that they find the right, like both culture fit, but also someone that can perform in the role and the requirements of that role. So that's what the recruiting account manager does. They hear out the business, they source candidates that are going to be that right fit for that business, and they handle like the transition and like sending notes, things like that. Um, on my end, so there's the recruiting account managers, they just work with businesses. Then there's recruiting coordinators in recruiting. You know, those are the only two positions in recruiting right now. Recruiting coordinators like me, I maintain relationships. I focus on interviewing reps, getting down their notes to actually send over to our clients. Uh, I list off like their niches that they're interested in, what they're looking for. I get a good gauge of that, get any gauge of past experience. If they're in RCA and doing really well, I get their mock calls down, see how their mock calls are. It's like, okay, sweet. Like, are we looking at closing settings, things like that? Really, I make sure that like the reps are taken care of on my end, you know? So I'm more rep focused. The recruiting account managers are more business focused. And that's really the basics of it. Um, the really cool parts about being a recruiting coordinator is that like after a while, you get like really high business acumen, you interview enough reps. And then they'll be like, a rep will hop on an interview with me and be like, yo, for niches, I want like real estate, B2B, you know, all these like super high earning positions. And I'm just like, hey man, here's the reality of it. We have no experience in real estate. This is your first sales position. Probably don't want to go into a long, complicated process like B2B or real estate because they're both very complex and they can take time to ramp up on. So you may not make the most money in the first month. However, I know that you were a personal trainer. I know you really resonate with health and wellness and you're a huge Tony Robbins fan and you've invested in yourself in the online space and you've been actively out there. So I think business opportunity, personal development, health and wellness and fitness are those top niches for you. Because I feel like they're going to be able to give a good blend into an opportunity that's going to be a long-standing fit for you, where you can ramp up and do really well in. Would you say that you agree, or maybe not so much? And usually, when I go through that spiel with people, <laughs> they say, "Yeah, I agree." You know, yeah. so that's like the that's the best part of my job is like dropping the niche bomb because like usually it's like always accurate. And I love it. Um, it's like I'm a professional at the end of the day, you know. Yeah, uh, dude, that's that's funny, and you know, cause when you really break it down, just hearing that it's like everything is sales, bro. Like yeah, that's why it's it so is. important to just learn that as like a fundamental skill because you know, you almost like after, after they're in RCA, right. That sale is done, but now you have to sell them on the fact that like, Hey, you haven't, you don't really got a ton of experience. Like let's go for something more, you know, biz op B2C, you know, like you said, personal development, things like that. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's just powerful to be able to like, like you said, understand, almost understand their situation more than they do with having like very minimal, you know, conversations, like kind of like you're reading their mind at, in, in a certain sense oh, yeah. when they, when they hop no, on. It's fun. And some um, people just don't know what they don't know too. And that's okay. But I can provide further education with that and then steer them in the right direction. That's what sales is, I guess. But you know, yeah. <laughs> so understanding like your, your position and so you're, you're very, very focused on like the rep side. I mean, this is like anyone that's listened to this, like literally pull out a sheet of paper because I'm just going to like ask questions of exactly what someone needs to incorporate, like, and really to land like a, a really, you know, a good offer for them. So what are like, you know, if you had to bring this or bring us through like the, the initial like application of someone that wants to come into like the pipeline, for example, what yeah, does yeah. that usually look like and, and recommendations that you would say 
for someone to show up in the best way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's focus on the basics first. Let's build like a solid foundation here. Show up well over a laptop, you know, with like a clean shirt, you know, like nice button up is good. You know, if it's polo, I'm not going to like disagree with that either. Just have like a nice clean attire, show up well over a laptop, good lighting. Like, you know, the basics of all this fun stuff. I could probably get rid of the swords, but they're trophy swords, so I like keeping them up, you know? Um, so I'd say it's those basic things with like, okay, first off, showing up well. Second thing, preparation before the interview. You're probably going to get asked questions about your experience. Don't give like a five-minute spiel about your experience. It's like, hey, like how long have you been in sales? Okay, you haven't been in sales. How long have you been in customer service? Cool. What does the day-to-day of that look like? You're probably going to get asked questions around those lines. Um, so prepare beforehand was like just understanding like I'm going to ask you some basic screening questions to see like, okay, like sweet. What is your experience? What have you been doing in RCA? All that fun stuff. The fun part of my goal is in particular is when I ask people like, what are you looking for out there? You know, what type of team do you want to be a part of to really enjoy a new position? If you can envision that before the interview, I say with me, and give me a good thought out answer, we can knock out an interview in like 15 minutes. It's nothing crazy. And we can just dive into further coaching. I'd say the basics is just preparation. Cause you know, if you take the time and like, I used to do this where I would, when I was hitting that career downslope and I was interviewing for new companies and I was going back in the market after working at a mattress firm, I wrote down some basic screening questions. I went to like a nice place in Washington where I could sit on the beach. I wrote down some basic screening questions that I get to ask in interviews, like greatest strengths, greatest weaknesses. Pen to paper, by the way, for this is power. You know, I don't believe in Google Docs for this. Write down those basic screening questions. Now go through each one of those questions and think to yourself, what information is a business owner looking for me by asking this question? And then how can I best present the information that they're looking for? And then write down your response. You know, be honest and be yourself. Like, you know, it's okay to get nervous, you know, 100%. But like, if you prepare in that sense, you're going to come off with confidence and conviction. And at the end of the day, that's what gets you a job opportunity is confidence and conviction in like what you're saying. Um, top of that, there's like very like micro things that some people need to work on, like interview cadence, things along those lines, not rambling. I ramble all the time sometimes. So I got to like check myself on that for interviews too. Um, but you know, there's some like micro points to it too. Um, I would say like, that's really the basics. If you just show up with preparation, good, clean setup, you're basically just fine on an interview with me. When you're actually getting to that tail end though, when like you're interviewing with a business, ask high level questions to the business owner, 100%. Like, I, would you mind if I actually shared my screen and showed you some? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So I'll walk through this in the next steps with people. You know, we have a whole Google slideshow, by the way. <laughs> um, it's really cool. Like I'll go through this with most people that are going into the pipeline. So when it comes to actually accepting an opportunity, you know, kind of the two basics that we really go over in recruiting. And I'll walk through like this whole process with people um, yeah, please. in recruiting, but we'll just cover this one. When it comes to actually accepting a position, obviously being bought in to what they do for people is like a must. That's like the barrier of entry. Then also knowing the expectations within the role, like KPIs, hours, like how many hours are you working? What's your performance indicators? That's also another basic within the role when you're going to accept a position. Can you fulfill on the KPIs and are you bought into it? Those are the two barriers of entry to actually like, you know, accepting a position if it's presented to you. However, you don't just want to accept any position. You want to accept like the right position, you know, and you don't want to get too hyper fixated because nothing's ever hundred percent in this life. Um, however, I would just to make sure that it's the right fit, I would probably ask questions around like, Hey, what does the sales process look like? You know, am I doing like three setting call? Like am I touching point with like leads three times before booking them? Do they need to be in the system for a certain amount of time? Kind of getting the nuances of like that offer and how their sales cycle works. I would get clarity on that. 
if it's around team dynamics, like, okay, ask like, okay, what type of team members are like a part of your guy, like a part of your guys is like company right now, you know, like who is the top performer? What does he look like in terms of intangibles? You know, is he really driven? Is he very supportive? You know, things along that nature, but also ask questions around the client journey. You know, like how many calendar bookings should you expect a week? Like if you're a closer, I should probably may want to ask that to a business for sure. Um, you know, just those basic points of preparation are like pretty huge. I would say to know whether or not it is the right opportunity. Cause keep in mind, like you're in the interview process. If they want to, like, it's a fit for both parties. It's not just the business ask you and then they send you an offer and you just accept blindly. You want to know what you're going into, especially with these roles. Like the first month, it's going to be the worst month more than likely, you know, you're gonna probably be learning a lot, especially with our team. Like we like to go over training, make sure you're really ready before like we start like taking calls and things along that nature that process usually will take like two weeks typically you'll still get exposure to the systems and the sales cycles but you want to get clear with like what does that development plan look like within that company i would say for like most opportunities out there if that makes sense yeah dude that's so much good stuff that like i mean i've kind of touched on some of that with you know obviously the other guests but i mean you're a much better person than (laughs) ask of just like being in it, like literally grinding it every single day. And it's, it's a huge point that, you know, I've talked about multiple times is, you know, when a a lot of newer people are jumping on into offers, I think there is that excitement, right? Especially if it's like, you know, they invest in RCA or 30 DC and they're like, I need to like jump on this to like, you know, recoup the investment and stuff like that. It's like, that's sometimes the, one of the worst decisions you can make, especially when, you know, you don't have that back and forth with the company. And um, what I always try to remind people is like you said, right. It is a two way street. It's like they have their requirements, but you also have to like almost treat yourself as a business and also have your requirements of like, okay, I need to be able to get this amount of calls per day. There needs to be, you know, proof of concept of another closer or another setter with, uh, you know, OTE that I'm trying to hit as well. Right. There needs to be so many other things in place as opposed to just like jumping onto something blindly and then lose the, the month that you try to make it work. And I'll say this too, like just for everyone, like listening, like when I hit those two career down slopes is because I didn't do those steps in the interview process, you know? When I got my first opportunity with that e-commerce marketing company, I didn't ask them like, hey, like I didn't do super high level questions. It was the first opportunity on the table. I got excited. I said, let's go. You know, I was a young male. I'm going to make it work. You know, sometimes you need that. Uh, but then when I hit my career downslope um, and I needed to take that break for myself, because there was a mountain of things going on personally too. Like there was tons of outside factors. Um, there was also those two opportunities that got presented to me and I accepted both. You know, and I just accepted them blindly, not knowing like the systems, what they have in store, like what are they planning to grow to, things along those lines. And arguably like, like you got to know that, you know, so if you do your due diligence, make sure it's the right fit for you and that company, more than likely you're going to enter into a prosperous relationship. If you don't do that, it's probably not going to be the most prosperous relationship known to man. And trust me, like you don't just want to be job hopping. You don't want to be one of those guys Mm. that's in the high ticket space for three years and Every three months, they got a new opportunity and they talk poorly about their past companies. It's like, cop on an interview with me and you say that, it's like, dude, I'm going to challenge you on that all day. All day. I used to objection handle guys. Like, you will not be getting out of this interview without crying. I'm kidding. But. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, it comes back to the sales thing, bro. It's like, it's sales everywhere, but it's a, you know, yeah, it's it's a huge, um, it's a huge red flag for companies when. You know, you, they ask about your experience and, you know, if Luke says, Hey, how many job offer, or, you know, how many offers have you been on? You're like, Oh, 
seven. Oh, how long in the last three months? It's like, well, <laughs> hold on. Are we going to be number eight? Like, let's, let's talk about that. Um, yeah, dude, that's well. funny. Um, what would you say are like the three, I mean, it doesn't have to be a number, you know, arbitrary, but like a couple of things that you would say, like absolutely 100% do not do this on an interview with a client. Like just biggest red flags that you want to stay away from. I don't know. There's probably more than that, but. Oh, dude, there's a ton. Show up in the car, you know, like show up on your phone. The first impressions matter at the end of the day. So your first impression, how you're showing up is going to dictate what kind of goes forward on that interview process, you know? So the, the basics like showing up. I'd say the biggest red flags, like biggest no-nos is also like just giving very vague answers, not being able to elaborate on your experience. That's why I say preparation is key because it's going to clear that up. You can be able to like tangibly say those things. Lying is another huge one. Like if you're just straight up lying to people saying like, oh yeah, I've been a closer for like the past like seven years and you know, like I'm a total sales savage. And then I ask you like, well, what's your close rate? 20 to 50%. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's a big range, man. That's, a, that's like 50% of my company's marketing spend is about to go down the drain. Um, so I say like straight up lying, don't do that. Showing up poorly, don't do that. And also like just taking an opportunity to interview that you're just really not interested in. Because you're not going to show up the best. You're probably going to like not really care that much. And you know, like I'd say if it's like interviewing with a client, just show up well, speak well attend the interview preps in RCA. Like we help you guys out with the pipeline. Do attend those. I hop in them every once in a while. And I like hopping in and helping you guys. Um, but that's, it's just like those basic things that say are the massive red flags. There's certain other things too, but you know, don't want to dive too much into the nitty gritty because we've seen a lot in recruiting to say the least, yeah. you know? Yeah. And sure that that list just keeps, just keeps growing. Um, last question nice. here and then, you know, we'll, we'll do a little bit of wrap up and, and some last questions, but um, I, I think you did touch on this. And I think this is a, a huge question for a lot of people jumping in is how do you approach answering the question of how much experience do you have? And they have literally no experience. Like how do you usually coach people through that? Yeah. You know, Lynn, like let's say like they're an RCA, you know, and they're interviewing with one of our clients. Be honest, you know, like just be completely honest. Don't try to say like, oh yeah, like, you know, like I, I was in sales, but like, oh yeah, like it was like I was working at kiosk and certain things like that. Like just, just be honest. It's okay. You know, like you don't want to lie. You don't want to have a relationship that's built off lies. First off, um, those relationships will always fail in life. So I'd say when you get asked a question where it's like, hey, like, you know, what's your experience look like? It's like, well, like I've been in customer service dealing with high-end client issues in the financial sector for about the past five years. I've been like also on the phones with them to collect debts. Let's say theoretically I'm a debt collector where I'm collecting about $1,000, $2,000 debts. Right now I'm the top ranking agent at my uh, firm. However, I do want to shift into a more sales focused role where I can really have more control of my income and be able to live the lifestyle that like I would like for me and my future family. You know, if you answer a question like that, like if you answer like that, like you're smart, you've prepared, you like have given basis to like, Hey, like this is why I'm looking to transition into this industry. And like, here's my past experience that like is a little bit applicable, but maybe not the most. However, like I have a strong why behind me and I'm giving you some like meat on the bone to pick from as a business owner, you know? Um, yeah. and obviously if you're in RCA, you probably want to get started on a pipeline opportunity. So prepare those questions as well too, because they're high level questions, but you just want to give like a basis of it as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, I always think like giving a little bit of meat on the bone and you know, just being upfront, honest, maybe playing into some attributes there. Pretty important, to say the least. Personally, and, like, 
I never got hit with that question too many times because I was doing door-to-door sales from 14 to 18 for my own landscaping company. <laughs> so, yeah, put me on the spot there, man. I appreciate you, it. You got it. You got hit pretty uh, pretty early on, and you getting past that sooner. So, what's <laughs> um? Well, there was one. Just to add, like one little thing on that. You know, I think you even touched on it a little bit earlier too. Is just the the conviction and the confidence in which you answer questions, right? So it's like you don't need to have the best, like, let's say you didn't even have, like, you weren't the top, you know, salesperson in a debt collection agency, like take whatever your experience is, attach a why to it, and then position it in a way that it is a benefit to them to hire you. And it's, you know, people have presented so many different scenarios to me. And like, I, for most of them, I can like, you know, move stuff around and and make it seem good. Right. But um, sometimes it's just, you got to, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's going to be a numbers game for for a lot of it. If you don't have experience and the companies are looking for a certain amount of experience, it's only a matter of time until you present yourself in a certain way to, you know, a certain amount of companies and they give you a shot. And that's, you know, that's all you need to to get up and running. Um, some great RCA success stories too. There is a, there's actually- Yes, a, I was actually, dude, you took the question out of my mouth. Perfect. I was literally going to ask you like, what are your like top couple like oh stories from people? So. Yeah. There was a, uh, I don't want to like name names too heavily, like, but at the same time, like there's a, a mom I was dealing with. I'm going to say a mother. Cause like she, she was, when we had our first interview, she was expecting within about three weeks. And I was like, Hey, like I, my sister just had twins. I know how crazy babies can get. Do you want to like possibly like put the pipeline on pause and we can like re-interview once things kind of get settled down a little bit. She agreed to that. So then we re-interviewed for the pipeline about three months later. Um, and like when we at first hopped on, like she had like, so just some things about the background just to kind of clean up a little bit. When she next hopped on, she had a great background. Like, you know, the kids were quiet. She had everything settled out in life and she's like, yeah, I'm ready to dive into the space. So it was like a little bit of a late start in the pipeline, so to say, but she had personal things come up and I'm always happy to connect with reps that have those personal situations that come up. And (laughs) she's like my number one success story. I, I love her to death. Uh, she ended up interviewing with a company uh that was helping like children it was helping parents on how to like teach their children with adhd to actually be able to retain information in the classroom this is a very high level company really great team and she knew like once she saw that opportunity she wanted it okay she wanted i didn't have to give her like much coaching at all throughout like how to go about getting this position that's how bad she wanted it she wasn't the top pick too on the group interview she was like the third pick in the batch um but she got moved to a one-on-one interview and on that one-on-one interview, she did very well. And then post that one-on-one interview, like they were going to extend an offer to another candidate, but she went about following up, personalized email, followed up relentlessly. That one guy took a little bit too long to actually respond to the position. And he ended up just, I don't think he even like moved forward with it or anything to give like any context. And she got accepted into that position as a setter. Her first, and she loves the company. Um, her first about like three months in, I think like after like her 90 days, she got like a double in her base pay. So her base pay basically doubled. And then on top of that, she got flown out to an event that had like all these cool, like little like cartoon characters and monsters and like other kids running around with other parents. It was just phenomenal to see that on her Facebook story. So that's like my number one success. And then, uh, Sean Bray, if he's listening to this, I got two more for you, man. I got to tell you these. Sean Bray is another one. I interviewed this man. He was like, uh, he did like online personal training for a little bit. But like he was mainly a personal trainer in person for about like four years. Jack, dude, you know, like bodybuilder. That's what he loves. Um, he, we had an interview on Friday and there was this marketing opportunity that 
me and one of our recruiting account managers were really having some problems with. We were like, who's this, who's the right rep for this? Sean was that right rep. <laughs> Sean was 100% that right rep to get into the setting position and do great with this company. Um, so he gets in the pipeline on Friday. We ended up connecting them for like a group interview, like later that same Friday. He can't make the group interview time because he has work on such short notice. So we ended up just white gloving him for a one-on-one -on -one interview on Saturday. He accepts the one-on-one -on -one interview, interviews for the position. They go about an hour and a half, you know, way over time. And he gets that position on Saturday. So within 24 hours in the pipeline, he got hired. And then he also passed his first 10K month as a setter. Uh, I heard just this last month because he's connected me also with this brother who's looking for a recruiting role too. Let's um, go. And then last one here too, there was a, another person who came through RCA who was a wedding photographer for about like seven years. And she was getting into the program. She was doing well. And she was like really focused on appointment setting. Because like the coach had put in a development plan, like, hey, let's focus on appointment setting. Let's not look at closing because we don't have the most sales experience. And like we could probably get into appointment setting, make more money, do well for ourselves, and like do wedding photography on the weekends and make some side income. Well, within a freaking in the pipeline, similar situation with the same recruiting account manager, 24 hours notice, there's a wedding photography lead generation op. And I'm like, I'm staffing for it. And I'm like, it's a closer position though. And I'm like, Steven, hear me out. I love you. You should put her on the group interview. Steven puts her on the group interview. It's like between her and another candidate going head back and forth, like in the group interview, they have two one-on-ones. They're real. The business is telling us like, I don't know who to hire. And then Steven's just like, you should hire Karen. You know, like she's going to do great. She's going to do amazing things. They have their last one-on-one. -on -one. They go an hour and a half as well too. She really feels convicted by the company. And then in her first month, she was closing at like 50, 40%. And I saw on her Facebook story, like a few, like, I think like a month or two ago, she went to like Costa Rica and it's just like living that like remote lifestyle, I think. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, those wins like make up for everything. Mm -hmm. You know, like every like problem that I've faced in recruiting, every point of like professional development that I've had to earn with like blood, sweat and tears. Uh, not Well, not blood, but working remote, man. Like sweat and tears, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, that those stories alone make up for it, and there's tons more coming in too. Uh, Trev recently got hired on with employment setting position as well, and I love that guy. He's an Irish savage. Um, so if he's listening to this, shout out to him. I know he gave a huge one in the the RCA group as well. Dude, let's go. And and yeah, on that same note, it's like that's the exact reason I. I love doing this podcast because I get to like hear these stories and listen to people and and really understand like where where they come from and their backgrounds and their struggles and things like that. So um, I know we're we're coming up at the top of the the thirty minutes here. So, um, dude, come up with like your biggest takeaway or not biggest takeaway, biggest like golden nugget that you would give to someone that is like listening to this. And uh, I'll I'll come back to you I'm just to do this outro really quickly. So uh, for those of you that are listening up to this point, um, we've talked a lot about recruiting and sales and all that kind of stuff. One thing I want you guys to take away is like, we are not just a sales recruiting company, or I'm sorry, a, a sales training company, but we have an entire, like multiple people on the back end that are here to help you reach those goals. So if you want to learn more about remote closing, RCA, how we can help you along your journey, uh, make sure to click the first link down in the description, a video that our uh, you know founder Cole Gordon put together. And it basically goes over the four-step process of how to get started with remote closing um, and appointment setting. And uh, if it's something that you're interested in, obviously you can watch the training, check it out and you know learn everything from there or we have a little bit more of an option to work one-on-one -on -one with us if you make it towards the end of that video and uh, but if not it's all good we can just you can just take all that you can from that that training so that being said what you got man last takeaway yeah last biggest thing for you guys uh 
if you're looking to get into a space where you can have massive value with companies where you're really looking to grow in like your career and like be able to be put in like challenging situations that will result in like career growth, this space is like the perfect place to start. You know, I started off in sales. I went to recruiting. Now I have like aspirations to be client facing and like B2B level accounts that like people in at my age are just freshly getting out of college and they just don't have those opportunities right now. If you're looking to get into a space where you can have deep impact, earn a good amount of income, have career diversity, and be able to really play to the music and have fun, because a lot of companies in the space, they have fun. Um, don't be afraid. Learn more. Get out there. Network with people. Have fun within this process, because there's a lot out there. There's YouTube automation. There's tons of things. But if you want to be in the people business and you want to actually make a difference in people's lives, look into remote closing. Look into remote sales space. Look into the online industry and like the online education industry. And let's have some fun. You know, I hope you go down the rabbit hole just like I did when I was freshly out of uh, high school and walking out of Chipotle. Let's go, man. All right. Thanks so much for jumping on. And thanks for you guys for listening. If you enjoyed, leave us a like, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Um, first link down in the description below as well. As well, if you want to check out that training, Aaron here from the Remote Closing Academy. See you guys in the next one. Talk soon. Peace.